for the win. It's good. Fires over the middle. Collins at the goal line. Touchdown, Miners. This is the Mineshaft, a UTEP football podcast, part of the Republic of Football Network. Now here's your host, Colin Deaver, and former UTEP kicker, Gavin Beckley. Busy week for Gavin and I. Last week he had to back out of the podcast. Last second we managed without him, but it just wasn't the same. This is the Mindshaft Podcast. Colin Deaver, Gavin Beckley, your hosts, as uh, we get into previewing UTEP's pivotal game against UNLV this Saturday at the Sun Bowl. Some housekeeping stuff first. Of course, as you know, if you would like to get 15% off any home field apparel uh, when it comes to UTEP, be sure to enter in the promo code Mindshaft at checkout and you can get 15% off any first time purchase at home field. Gavin, I think I told you last time we did the podcast together, I have your shirts in a Ziploc bag on my countertop over there and you will be here this week. And I think that is a great thing for UTEP because the last time you were at the Sumble stadium was a win for the miners. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to go to the game and everything and, and see all my friends and, and hopefully they can they can pull out a dub. Arguably the the biggest game of the season here coming up. So um, happy to support them and and hopefully they they come away with the with a win. What do you think that's going to be like watching a UTEP game in person uh, for the first time as a as a graduate? Yeah, I mean obviously it's going to be weird. Like even just watching the games on TV um, are a little weird, but definitely in person, you know whether I'm on the sideline or in the stands or something, it's going to be going to be a whole different thing. Cause whenever you're a player and stuff, you want to do everything you can to go in, but whenever your time's up and you're just standing on the sideline and you know, you can't go in, it's, it's, it obviously sucks, but, but something that, that you just got to deal with. You're going to be in the bleachers. Or you have a field pass. So they hook you up. I mean, I'm sure I'll be on the field, but, <laughs> but I have tickets right now for the bleachers, but I'm sure someone will come through whoever's listening out there. Mark Ramos, if you're listening, come through, man. Aaron Price, if you're listening, come through. So, yeah, like you, you said it, man, I, It's this is such an important game. I think it's the most important game of the season for UTEP. Um, again, hosting UNLV this Saturday at the Sun Bowl. It's the first time in, I think, over 30 years that UNLV has made a trip uh, to the Sun Bowl. Of course, they used to be in the same conference. That's long since uh, been done away with. But first time the, the Rebels have come through El Paso in a while, and so important because UTEP with a loss to Arizona last Saturday, falling to one and three on the season. Um, I just don't think you can afford to lose this one, Gavin. You have to win and to get to two and three, one and four. Um, simply put, might just be too much to overcome. Um, again, I, I get, I hate to say that with still so much season to play, but it's that's kind of a, the fact of the matter. At one and four, things get a little bit tougher. No, yeah, definitely. I, I 100% agree. I think this game is a must win because kind of climbing out of that hole and and trying to win five out of your last seven, I believe it was is going to be would be a very, very hard thing to do. Um, but I think that that they definitely have a good chance. I mean, UNLV isn't isn't the best away. Yeah, they're coming off a, a big win off the last second field goal against Vanderbilt. But I think that that the miners do have have a good chance, especially being at home, than than we would if we were playing them at UNLV. Yeah, four and sixteen, I believe, on the road over the last three years is UTEP, and I think that really contributed to the tough start um, 
for the miners. And you talked about it a lot in the preseason. Um, and I, uh, I didn't lean on it as much as, as, as you did. Um, but now I'm fully, I'm fully with you on that because, you know, of that road record and you start three out of four on the road, um, Oh, and three on the road probably should be, probably should have beaten Jacksonville state. And then, you know, as we talked about so much that, you know, this losses, the power five teams, you kind of have to expect as a group of five program. Um, but now the schedule flips, right? You get UNLV at home, you get Louisiana tech at home, you get a bye week then you go on the road to Florida international on October 4th, uh, excuse me, October 11th. And then you're home again for New Mexico state before closing out October um, against Sam Houston on the road, Sam Houston, Oh, and two, they're averaging one and a half points per game. They've got a field goal to their name uh, through this early portion of the season. Um, you called this one a must win versus UNLV, but what do you think of this stretch overall for UTEP? Because if everything goes their way over the next five games, let's say they win all of them. Suddenly it's a six and three record heading into the final three games, which will be pretty tough. Um, and no matter what, you're bowl eligible. So there's a lot on the line these next five games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we just have to take it kind of one one game at a time because we we go out there, you know, I think this is this is just like we've been talking about the biggest game because it sets you up for for future games. If if UTEP goes out there and loses this game, then I I don't see anything good happening out of the next couple of games just because one and four is kind of hard to come back from and uh whenever you're just down in a slump like that the next couple games are always going to be kind of rough even if they are against easier opponents but on the flip side they come out of this game with a with a win then the next four games definitely are you're going to have a lot more momentum going into those and a better mindset so i mean the next five games are definitely huge um i feel that that the miners do have a good shot on each of them, um, even though the respected teams they're playing have, I'm pretty sure all of the next five have been playing pretty good other than Sam Houston. But I feel that if if UTEP needs to try to try to grind out this game and win this game to to have momentum going into the next couple. I tweeted after practice on Monday, Gavin Hardison pulled all the uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers into a little players only meeting, I guess you, you would call it uh, on the field. Um you know, just after practice, you know, because the offense, we've talked about it a lot um, uh, on air at, at KTSM. We've talked about it here. The offense just has really been struggling. And I crunched the numbers a little bit earlier today. In the starting offense's last 19 drives, they have the one touchdown. And that was one. That was the first drive of the game against Northwestern where they looked fantastic. Since then, they have really struggled. Um, now, again, I do want to offer the caveat that it was against – a pair of power five teams. Um, but that is still, you know, not the numbers of a team that um, has been fan obviously has, has shown that it can put up points this year, averaging just 14 little shade over 14 points a game um, through four games. Um, how important, first of all, do you think, you know, a players only meeting like that can be for uh, for a team? Um, how important can that be? Number one and num number two, what areas um, do you want to see? Or I guess if I can rephrase, how do you think the UTEP offense can um, kind of get humming again the way we saw against Incarnate Carn Word and at times last year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always big um, for especially a players only meeting because, you know, whenever you got your your so-called leaders and everything out there and, and trying to 
trying to rally the team and get them going after a, a one and three start. I feel that it is, it's a big, a big thing. And it, it shows a lot that, that the team does mean something to the leaders and everything. So I feel that, 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 that's definitely a big thing that he pulled all the, the QBs and receivers aside because it, it just shows them that even though things haven't gone their way and everything, he's still rocking with them and, and is still hopefully respected by everyone else. Um, And then as, as it goes, I think that, that it'll kind of play a part in this next game. Cause you'll see, I, I feel that after you do meetings like that, it kind of pulls, pulls the the offense and everything closer. Um, But I mean, something that, that has not been as good as, as we thought. And as I think all the rankings and everything thought was the, the offensive line hasn't really been doing what I think they, they are, are capable of this year. Um, And that's, that's kind of what, what we were harping on in the beginning, especially with, like the uh creating a run game that way whenever gavin does go back to pass it it kind of opens it up more but but and obviously we it was against power five teams and everything but i feel that we should have been at least able to to start the run game in order to to open up the passing game as as we kind of saw against uiw yeah just 49 rushing yards against arizona for um utep and Again, they got taken out of their game plan kind of early in that one. Um, more, again, I just – it has, to me, way more to do with what Arizona was doing than it has anything to do with UTEP in the last game. Um, I, I just am looking overall throughout the course of the season, averaging just 14 points a game. Um, you're just you're just not going to – if you look at college football in this day and age, I mean – there are so many teams. UNLV is one of them that averages over 30 points a game. Um, they've put up 40 and 44 points in two of their first three games. Their one losses to Michigan uh, on the road, 35 to seven uh, for UNLV. But um, Dana, Dana Dimmel had some interesting comments at his press conference the other day in terms of saying like more or less they're I'm paraphrasing here a little bit is, he's not totally worried about where they rank offensively from a points per game perspective nationally, because the premise of their offense isn't necessarily to be the most prolific offense. It's to quote score one more points than the opposing team. Um, and to me, I, I, I get what he's saying there where, you know, you, you want to, you just kind of want to do enough to win the game. But I do think that lends itself, obviously, to these close games that UTEP frequently plays, dating back to when you were there. And when it's a game like that, your margin for error just becomes so much thinner. Um, so it's just interesting that that's the that he would. Uh, to me, it was interesting that he would say that. Um, um, but also, he said, you know, their their efficiency, and he's right. Their efficiency numbers haven't been great. You know. The all you know the number of turnovers that they have I think seven turnovers which ranks in the bottom fifteen in college football. So um, do you think it will be important? I, I I don't even know how to phrase this. Like obviously it's important to score points uh, because you know you're not you're not going to win any games if you're not scoring points. But just to generate more offense because they have moved the ball at times. Um, it's not like that they've been just been three and out three and out three and out. They've been moving the ball and you know it's been turnovers. Just how do they generate you know some more of that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think that is kind of a, a wild statement to say you just need to – our goal is to score one more point or close to that over the opponents. I mean, and not, that that kind of makes sense because I remember whenever I was there in the, in the five years we played, I think I can only remember two or three games where we did win and 
like a blowout style. So, I mean, that, that makes sense that, that that's kind of the reason, but I mean, like you said, in the close games and everything, it, it's the margin for, for error is so little that you'd rather have a little bit of a cushion in order to, to kind of have, like I said, a, a cushion that way, whenever it does get close and everything, you, you know, okay, we're still up by 14. We're still up by 21. Even if the other team scores, we're still up by a touchdown. So, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things like, and especially in this day and age that with offenses being so high powered and athletes and everything, and obviously football has changed back whenever they would just run the ball. Now, now there's passing and everything involved. I mean, in order to win the game nowadays, I think you got to at least score 28, 35 points, at least on the board um, to give yourself a good shot. Obviously they've done that once this year and 28 points against incarnate word, they got the win. So, uh, to your point, I mean, that's that does seem to be a little bit of a magic number. Um, we were talking before we started recording, just um, what are, you know, what are some two players on either side of the ball, either offensively or defense, both offensively and defensively, excuse me, um, that can kind of help UTEP get things back on track. Um, I think offensively, it would be easy to say Gavin Hardison, but I really think it's, it, it's going to be on the run game. It's going to be on Deion Hankins. Um, and Torrance Burgess to do that. I've liked what I've seen from Torrance Burgess. He had, you know, a, a three catches, 78 yards out of the backfield uh, against Arizona. I think he had a 51 yarder. I think they really just need to involve him more um, within the offense. So I would look at that. And then, you know, defensively, um, as good as Tyrese has been, like leading the the nation in, in tackles right now, like I just don't know what more you can ask from him at this point. Um, so I really think it's, it's going to be on guys, you know, in the, on the, on the defensive line, I'm looking at praise of Mehule, um, to, you know, kind of live up to the hype that has been surrounding him for the last few years and finally get the UTEP sack record, you know, force some fumbles. They've still only forced one turnover. Now I guess two turnovers, um, on the season, which just, it, that's just not good enough, you know, when the offense has been, um, struggling to move the football the way they have. So for you, I mean, give me one player on offense and defense that you want to see kind of, you know, be the spark plug for a turnaround for UTEP. Yeah. I mean, for me, you, you hit the nail on the head, uh, from, from what I've seen and everything, I think Torrance Burgess is, is, going to be that spark just just to the way that he is so such a fast back and he's so explosive whenever he's running routes out of the backfield that it's just like if if you're a second off of him and you're you're already behind him and like we saw against Arizona 51 yard little wheel route that he did not covered and everything I think that's what that's what UTEP needs to do more if the run game's not working is to help and try to use the the backs as much as possible to kind of open up other things down the field and then defense. I mean, I hate to hate to be the broken record, but I think praise is definitely in the past couple of years, not, not had as good a production that he had, I think in 2019, I think that's the year that he kind of broke out. Um, So, I mean, I'm looking, especially the whole, the whole D line. I don't think they've been as disruptive as, as they have previously. Um, And I think that's definitely going to be big because like you said, Tyrese, with his 51 tackles i think that's the number he's had in in four games is is pretty pretty crazy so i mean i think that he just they just have to kind of help out more in the in the d line to to be able to stop the run and all that and especially create sacks create turnovers whenever utep has 
wins the turnover battle, it's it's always in the favor, and UTEP usually ends up um, scoring more points and either getting a dub or, or keeping themselves close in the game. So I feel that that that's going to be a huge one for for the offense and the defense. I want to talk a little bit about uh, UNLV now too. Um, obviously, like we said, two and one coming off a big come from behind win over Vanderbilt, forty to thirty seven at home last week. They were trailing that game seventeen to nothing. Uh, at one point in the game in the first half. Yeah, it was 17 to nothing early in the second quarter. Um, and by halftime, UNLV was already up 20 to 17. So uh, they can put points up in a hurry. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about the quarterback situation for them in just a second. But first of all, Gavin, um, it seems to me with this offense that you obviously UTEP struggling to score points. UNLV has shown a penchant, you know, for being able to put them up um, pretty quickly. Um, and, and high numbers, how can UTEP com- combat that? Is it playing UNLV's game, which is kind of going to be a you know a track meet, or is there a way for the Miners to maybe drag UNLV into the mud a little bit? Um, obviously still needing to score more than, I think, 14 points um, in the game on Saturday to to get the win, but how can how do you kind of see that going? Like, Do you think UTEP will try to drag them into the mud or meet them where they're at? No, nah, I mean, UTEP's never one to to try to match high-powered offenses and fast-scoring offenses like that. So I feel that that they're going to kind of do what they did against UIW, just ground and pound, um, take these long 8, 9, 10, 11 play drives, um, drain out the clock as much as they can and and be kind of more lights out on defense that, that I think that this time that I'm pretty sure UNLV is a little more of a passing team than a running team, maybe just by a little bit. But I feel that that our our DBs have have been playing pretty solid. Um, there's times that obviously there's it breaks down, and you can see the the little bit of miscommunication and everything. But I feel that that UTEP, like I said, is going to try to establish the running game early and and look to kind of build off that, whether it's some play action or or getting the the running backs out of the backfield and and running some routes like we saw in flashes in Arizona. But I would say that's probably the biggest thing that that they're going to do is not abandon their game. Hopefully they stick to what we've been doing and everything. I, I don't want to see them, if it's not working in the first quarter, first half, I don't want to see them abandon it. I want to see them trying to keep keep doing what we know works because I feel that whenever they try to change things up, and don't get me wrong, whenever there's trick plays and stuff, like that's – that's great. That's kind of what I want to see because if if something is not working, like if you're running the ball or having the same passes down the field and everything, maybe a, a little trick play here and there will spice it up. Maybe a little fake field goal, fake punt, something along those lines are always give kind of minors the spark that we need because obviously we've seen one in three to start out the year. Um, whatever we're doing isn't working. So I feel that that we need we need kind of some some little bit of a spark to to uh ignite the offense and in the team in general but obviously i i think since i was there five years i don't think there was one designed play call that was a fake on special teams so obviously that that may not be as good but offense and i don't i don't i was gonna say i don't remember one Um, yeah the only one that i remember was it was against uab and it was a bad snap and mitch crawford ran it for 21 yards but that was the only special teams fake that that there was but that one wasn't called but yeah offensively i'm i'm looking for for something like that some 
something just to to ignite the offense into into doing what they can. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you know, we kind of talked. I think it was after the Jack State game, leading into the UIW game, and then they ended up doing a little bit of it. Is just doing things that make it easier on yourself. You know, the those little RPO passes out to Tyron Smith that led to touchdowns against UIW. Um, just there hasn't been as much of that. It's uh, been a lot of more of like what we we talked about, where it's you know deep ball and first and ten, deep ball and second and ten, and now you're third and long. So um, again, that's that's a little bit of you know the, the defenses you're playing maybe a little bit better than uh, what you saw against Incarnate Word in Jacksonville State, but um, there's also some culpability for UTEP um, in that regard. I'm I'm totally with you. Like this has to be a a kitchen sink game. You're you're one and three. You you need to win in any way possible. Like I'm I'm totally with with you. Like you got you got to not completely empty the playbook, but I want to see some things that. By the way, we've seen them practice for six years and never never show on film uh, in a game. So um, they're there. I've seen them. I've seen them get seen them uh, in practice. I won't say what they are out of respect, but um, you know they 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 certainly are there. Um, so I would be very curious to see those uh, get pulled out of the of the playbook this week um more on UNLV um as we uh as I talked about earlier we wanted to mention their quarterback so their starting quarterback Doug Brumfield um widely considered to be one of the uh, better quarterbacks in the Mountain West however uh, he got hurt early in their game against Vanderbilt over the weekend um he threw an interception he was two for four for 15 yards and threw an interception before he got hurt so had it been playing great um, but again, widely considered to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Mountain West, regardless of how he played early against UNLV. So you figure he goes out, they're probably thinking, okay, we're screwed. Well, no, they weren't. Jaden Mayava, who is a redshirt freshman, um, he came in and immediately uh, led a Rebels comeback. He was 19 of 33 for 261 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Um, and then he also ran for a 24 yard touchdown as well. So kind of a dual threat quarterback. So is Brumfield. Um, Dimmel said earlier this week that like they kind of have their quarterbacks, um, how they want them. They're two very similar type of players. So the preparation may not be super difficult, you know, in terms of play, preparing for Brumfield, preparing for uh, Mayava. But, you know, for you, how how different does that make a preparation? Like even if they're two similar guys, um, just knowing that you have to, you know, know the tendencies of two different players, how much more difficult does that make a preparation? Yeah, it definitely makes it a little more difficult because even if they are have the same style and everything, their their minds work a lot different than each other. So if one's always checking the wide receiver one and then a quick glance around and then a check down or you can have another guy that's that's kind of glances at wide receiver one and then it goes to the check down right away so so there's obviously different different kind of tendencies and different mindsets of of the quarterbacks because they can they can be the same thing one may check around for half a second and then scramble right away and the other one may check around a little bit have a little bit more pocket presence and then try to scramble so Yes, they may have the same style and everything, but it does make it a little more difficult because because of the mindsets of of each quarterback. You just have to kind of study which one. Um, obviously, I mean, with with what we've been talking about, how they said that if the uh, first QB, if he's healthy, he's going to start. Um, so you got to kind of 
I would say split split the time up as, as best you can and kind of watch what one quarterback does, get his tendencies and everything, and then switch on to the next quarterback. It it makes it a little tougher because you can't spend the whole week on one quarterback. Um, but I mean it's it makes it a little more difficult, but it's nothing that that the miners can't handle. How impressive too is that for a for a redshirt freshman, you know, to, to come in cold off the bench against an SEC team, um, and you and you lead a comeback like that. Um, he's like if if he's the one that that gets the call on Saturday, like I would imagine, you know, he's going to be kind of brimming with confidence. The flip side of that is nobody had seen him play, so now you have now you have film on him, so you at least have like you know a way to game plan for him and kind of maybe take him out of um, things that he likes to do and. I think certainly with a redshirt freshman as opposed to a veteran player, that's probably easier to do, um, even though he played as well as he did last week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, whenever you kind of have film on someone and you can you can drag their tendencies down and, and get them actually on paper rather than someone who's going out there, you've never seen them play. The last film they have is two years ago in high school. I mean, it's a lot easier whenever you can actually see them play. Um, so, I mean, and, and from what I see out of the stats, they basically have one main receiver, um, Ricky White, who had 12 receptions, 165 yards. So obviously that's the that's the receiver that they that they're going to go to as much as they can. That's Jaden's favorite receiver. So, I mean, if we can kind of lock him down um, and make him use other receivers, I mean, they got Jacob De Jesus or De Jesus, whichever one you want to go. Um, three receptions for 62 yards so I mean he he's basically got two and it drops off from there but I mean 12 receptions for for one game I mean that's kind of you can you can see right then and there who his favorite receiver is so I mean now that they kind of got that on paper that that'll be a lot easier to game plan for yeah that's a good point I hadn't uh hadn't scrolled down as far as the the receiver stats I was looking at the fact that they ran with 10 running backs um the t- ten people, you, ten people got carries. I think uh, for UNLV um, against Vanderbilt. Um, now, obviously, Brumfield, the the starting quarterback that got hurt, is is one of them. Is a negative ten yard carry, but um, you know, they're yeah. They're, I think that they're 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 pretty balanced in terms of their their run pass splits. Thirty seven passes last week to forty runs. So um, you know, there's not in that regard, you're not going to be able to key on something um, completely in particular. Um, and Mayava is is uh, I was watching just highlights and film of that game. Like he's he's pretty mobile. He looks pretty big. So um, certainly something that if if Mayava plays, like I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk either. Um, you know, same thing with Brumfield. So um, I guess you know, looking at this game, Gavin, um, if we want to do like keys to victory right now, unless there was you know something else you wanted to touch on um, with regards to the running Rebs, but um, I just think you know keys to victory for this for this uh massive one for the miners um what are they for you um one's gonna be is kind of containing the quarterback um because that's one especially with with we've seen he's he's kind of a little bit of a scrambler um seven carries for for Jaden Mayava um so I mean that's if if something shuts down we got to have make sure that that they can't uh run with him whether that's a design run or a scramble down the field and then I would say another one um, that I was just thinking about after this is is kind of trying to shut down the the pass game as much as possible. I mean, whenever you have a guy who almost has 200 receiving yards with 12 receptions, I mean, 
that there's there's no sign or no difference that that they're going to try to slow that down or anything. They're going to try to attack the weaknesses and and try to air the ball out like they did. And and then kind of what we've been harping on on defense, stop the run game, um, control the line of scrimmage on offense and defense. And then I think that that the the biggest one is just offense needs to control the ball, you can control the clock. Yeah, I'm not too dissimilar from you. Like, I really think, you know, the defense, I, and I get it, they they gave up 38 to Northwestern, 31 to Arizona, but especially at Northwestern, I think they were given two or three short fields, Northwestern was, um, and you're just kind of, in that regard, you're just kind of up against it as a defense. Like, I really think this defense is pretty good and is going to have some success um, slowing down the UNLV offense. Um, probably, you know, maybe more than Vanderbilt did, um, especially, you know, at, at altitude at home at the Sun Bowl. I think they're expecting around 20. Oh, they had sold over 28,000 tickets at last check. So I think there's going to be a pretty decent crowd. Hopefully they show up, uh, you know, one a one in three team sometimes means people won't show up, but hopefully that's not the case this time around. Um, so, yeah, I think I really think the defense is going to be able to do some work um, against them. Doesn't mean they're not going to give up some points, but, you know, for me, just kind of like you said, you have to, I think they're going to need to win the turnover battle. Um, like you have to set up yourself up with some easy points the way that Northwestern was um, two weeks ago, the way that Arizona was a couple of times, you know, last week as well. Um, and then offensively, like I get, I get it. The goal is apparently to win every game by one point, but um, you, that just can't be the, that can't be the mindset, you know, of everybody on the team. Like you have to go out there with kind of a killer's mindset um, and feel like you, go, you feel like you're trying to run the score up. Um, so I, I would, I would want to see them to get off to a fast start. I want to see um, Hardison, you know, making the good decisions and good reads that we saw him make against incarnate word. And at times in that Northwestern game, um, I think that's going to be key. And then as we talked about, you know, earlier, just varying up your looks um, offensively with, with Burgess and, you know, if if it's throwing out a trick play early in the game to kind of get momentum on your side again, they haven't. They the uh, starting offense hasn't scored a touchdown since the first drive of the Northwestern game, so they've just been stuck in the mud for so long. You just have to get something going um, to kind of get everybody feeling good about things again. So um, I would look for that early in the game. You know, maybe maybe some varied offensive looks um, that maybe we've seen in the past. So. Uh, big one here, man, is now your uh, your your prediction. You've picked the miners to win. That last week was the first time I picked them to lose all year. We uh we all we both picked them to win. Um, the first three weeks I picked them to lose last week, like forty one to forty two to twenty one or something like that. Um, so I think I ended. I I basically got the the uh number of points right. I didn't get the exact score line right. But um, what is your uh, prediction for this Saturday at home versus UNLV? Oh man, this is a hard one. I've been going back and forth um with just how how good UNLV's offense was at least last game. Um and how how bad U UTEP's offense was as well, but I mean, we're at home. Always seem to play better at home. Um I mean, I don't always want to be the one who says that UTEP's going to win. Obviously, they're not going to win every game. Um, we've seen that, but I do think that this game is going to be a close one. I don't think it's going to be too, too far out of the hands, like the Arizona game. Um, I'm going to go. 
Ah, man. I have to say, if you guys could see him on the video, he's really he's really going through it right now. I I am. Uh, <laughs> sadly, I'm gonna have to say 27 to 24. UNLV is gonna take this win. Wow. Okay. So first time Gavin's picked him on a podcast to to lose this year. Um, I'm gonna pick him to win. I'm gonna say 24 21 UTEP. I think they're gonna be able to drag him down in the mud, um, a little bit. Uh, with how much time they, you know, the time of possession, I think they're going to be able to run the football a lot better at home than they have on the road the last couple of weeks. Um, and I just think like there are so many parallels. The record one and three being one, one of them playing a Mountain West team. There's so many parallels to the start last season and then welcoming in Boise State um, to to the Sun Bowl, you know, on a Friday night. I get this is a Saturday. Um, I think it was even the same week of the season last year. Um, so, cause there wasn't a, yeah. So like there wasn't a bye week last year. I did. There's so many parallels. Um, and this UNLV team is not that Boise state team. Like they're, they put up points. They just beat Vanderbilt, but they are still not as good as that Boise state team was last year that you guys beat. So, um, I, I, I think UTEP is going to be able to, to pull it out on Saturday. Um, and they have to, right. I mean, this is, um, this is kind of the season right here. I hate to say it. I hate to, I really do hate to say that five games in, but this can go south really quickly uh, if they don't get the win this weekend. So 24-21 UTEP is my prediction. When do you uh when do you get into town again this week again, man? Yeah, I leave uh tomorrow morning slash mid-afternoon. So I should be there Thursday night and then be there Friday till Sunday, basically. So I mean, so it's gonna be gonna be a good time. I probably should have picked UTEP to win since I'm going to be there, but <laughs> there hasn't been any a, a lot of a lot of good signs in the past couple of games. So maybe me choosing against them will. I know they're all going to listen to this, so whenever I get there, they're going to hate me. But maybe it lights a little fire under them, um, and and they they come to play. I I would bet on it. And, and here's the deal: they're twelve and three at home since 2020. Uh, you were a part of eleven of those twelve wins, so you'll be in the building on Saturday. I, I just, I just don't think BYU or it's BYU. I don't think UNLV is ready for the Beckley factor in this <laughs> game. So, you know, I, th I think, I think we're we're underselling how important that will be on Saturday. Any, uh, any other final thoughts about this game before we get going? Um, I actually have a story about okay. the last time we played UNLV. Oh, this was your first year, right? This in is Vegas? my first year. So uh, we were staying somewhere out there and the hotel was was huge. Like, I think like half a mile to walk from our where we stayed um, to the other side of the building um, to get like our food and our breakfast and stuff. Were you staying so, on the strip? No, I don't. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think it was just a little bit off the strip. OK, Um. so. It's like early in the morning, let's say, I don't know the time exactly, I don't remember, but let's say 8 a.m. breakfast, right? So I wake up and my stomach hurts. This was the whatever game of the season, but my whole family was going to be there, not just my parents. My brothers um, were going to be there, so I was already a little nervous. Um, and I woke up and my stomach was hurting a little bit, so I went, obviously, to use the restroom because if your stomach hurts, that's what you do. Yeah, um, so. Was in the restroom for a little bit. Uh, Mitch, who was my roommate at the time, knocked on the door. It was like, hey, I'm going to breakfast. Um, 
And I was like, yeah, cool. I looked down. I had like 15 minutes till breakfast. I was like, sweet. So then finish up and I leave and I leave about seven, eight minutes early. Um, and I didn't realize that there was half a mile walk. So I'm just taking <laughs> my time walking over there. Um, I show up as dinner or as breakfast starts. So I get there and the special teams coach, not coach price at the time, um, is already mad at me because one, I'm a freshman. So that's already down Two, I show up like right is we're starting, which is, he's always said, show up a couple minutes early. Um, so I get there and he's like, go to your room. You're not eating. And I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> so I go to my room. <laughs> I go half a mile back across um, and then Mitch brings me like a, a breakfast after they're all finished. So I eat and then it turns out like he didn't tell the special teams coach didn't tell me, but he basically told Mitch like that. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to. And I was just kicking off at the time. So he was like, you're not going to start kicking off. Like you're not going to play kicking off if you can't show up to meetings. And I'm in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, this my whole family's coming here this game. I'm not going to play because I was late to breakfast. So I was like, oh, no. And then obviously throughout the day, I guess things changed and everything and suited up and started on kickoff. But but it was just one of those things that I was just like, if this this would be my luck, the first game of my college career that my whole family is going to be there and I'm not playing. All worked out. And they, and they got to spend the night in Vegas, too. You didn't get to yeah. experience much of it, but I bet they had a great time. No, yeah, they, they they definitely did. So, dang, what a story. We got to well, – when UTEP starts winning some games, we'll get back to Beckley story time. We've, <laughs> we've, tur- we've turned dark here on the podcast as, as the season's got off to a, a slow start. But I firmly believe they're going to get it done this Saturday and, uh, and, it, and it'll flip. So, Gavin, appreciate so. you, man. Yeah, appreciate yeah, of you, course. man. Happy to, happy to be back after slacking off last week. Sorry, right. he just didn't want to talk about the Arizona game. I get it. So – Looking forward to seeing you, man. I got your T-shirt for you, and uh, it'll be fantastic. Again, if you want 15% off your first-time purchase from Homefield uh, Apparel for anything UTEP-related, promo code MINDSHAFT at uh, checkout gets you 15% off, and uh, we would love to help you out. So this has been the Mineshaft podcast with Colin Deaver and Gavin Beckley, a uh, Republic of Football podcast network brought to you by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Hopefully the next time we speak with you, we are talking about a UTEP win over the UNLV running Rebels. Regardless, we'll talk to you after the game anyways. We'll see you next week.